This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. Man, this whole Corona thing, man, it's, uh, actually not nah, before we even get into that real quick, man, it seems like I've been getting messages just about two, two every week, especially since we did this damn, uh, since the quarantine came down right? of married people asking us to do a sex episode, like a married sex episode. But to, to say what though? That, okay. This is the thing that gets me, my guy, is that they want me to do or host this damn sex episode. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have no problem with that. But you're gonna lend your voice to the joint, you know. We gotta make it interesting. Uh, 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 nah, because the way my marriage is set up, uh, yeah, I can't. Oh, so you want me to ruin your shit? <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to come out looking like a damn? Fool. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it really is about, you, you right? You want to say in the black? Say, <laughs> yeah, you want me to do this? You want to be? You want to be a spectacle? I told oh, okay, you, yeah. one of my homies. He said the joke, and I, I said, okay, so you know, let me hit you up, uh, and we can record one of your uh, record your thoughts. He's like, nigga, you want me to get snuffed by my wife? Like, nigga, I ain't letting my voice to that shit. I was like, but you want me to do the shit? You want Man. me to die? <laughs> nah, bro. I you said, okay. I, I I honestly believe that they just want to get us in trouble. Listen, but I mean, no, nah, bro. I, I don't need no help with that shit. That's what I said. L, you do that often <laughs> enough, nigga. We don't, we don't need no more help. I'm with a that pro at that shit. <laughs> 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 Not to mention, so man, this whole joint has got folks wilder, man. I guess people are really engaging and trying to figure themselves out during this whole quarantine right. thing, right? So right. one of my homies, she's quarantined with her boyfriend or whatever, and you know, uh, she's gonna hate me for telling this story, but the shit made me die. So, so she's quarantined with her homie, right? And you know, they're getting, they're getting, I guess they're getting engaged or whatever. But engaged meaning, you know, they're warming each other up, right? So she said, right, I'm, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be good about this L. You always trying to get people in trouble, but they're preparing each other for sex. Is that better? So she said, what the fuck so are they, she, a 67 Chevy? You gotta warm the pants before the you put the heat in, dog. Damn. I'm just, anyway. So so she goes up, so she's telling, she goes upstairs. They've got their, uh, their uh, assortment of gadgets and stuff, right? And one of them happens to be battery operated, right? So she's getting herself together and she's in the shower, she said. And all of a sudden she gets the joke and she, the shower comes down, the battery operated joke. Somehow water gets inside the motherfucker. It shocks the shit out of her. She stumbles and starts fumbling around in the damn bathtub, pulling down the car, shower curtains. <laughs> Boyfriend comes running up the steps looking at I her got like, what the so fuck? So many questions, bro. Boyfriend comes running up the steps looking at her like, what the hell just happened? She said, I, I shocked myself. <laughs> Why in the hell would you take it in the a battery operated device into a ba- in the shower? What's the, hold up, though, my dude. You know, there's a that's the thing. There's what's the, hold on? What's the thing? Listen, the all thing right, come on. Some of these gadgets are supposed to be waterproof. Okay, is it so okay if we say sex toys? To... Can we say sex toys? Is that okay? Sex toys? Can we can we say that? You make it sound like a motherfucker took a toaster in the fucking thing. Shit. And I put my Yeah, no. They fucking Best Buy? I used to shit. I used to shit. I used Leaf blower in the motherfucker. They got an air fryer in the motherfucker. Shit. She has to go to the hospital. Damn. Uh, no, but she was very embarrassed because like I said it, was, it looked like something out of like Nutty Professors and bullshit. Did they she have sex it. afterwards? Boy, she was hard fried. Did they have sex? <laughs> Did they have sex? That was good. Damn, damn, I can't even step on that. That that's that's good. Right. She, was, she was fried hard, so homie was good. Homie was good. Fried hard. That's good. That's good. She was ready. Bro. He was like, okay. "Oh shit, <laughs> you look ready. Let's go." 
feel you with the seed. This, this is why I don't play my fault this time. That was good. That was crush. Two light skinned motherfuckers played all this I'm not, I'm not doing it no more. Not doing it. Yes. Oh, boy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's yes. up? What's up? What is up back once again it is the incredible in the black podcast and in case you weren't aware this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who are still trying to figure out what tommy's job was whatever the fuck it was they never let that out <laughs> never never they never let that secret out <laughs> Are they hiring? Wherever. Niggas <laughs> <laughs> furloughed. Let me get that job. <laughs> That's you know, bullshit. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can't do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of State Property. Crush. Yes! Up. Yes! I did what is good? Salute! <laughs> yes! Salute! Bro, I will Salute. take that. That was good. What's up, O? My man. I <laughs> And I'll say what's up to the people, hey, man. man. I love Sean. Oh, let's call me Peter Crack. <laughs> That's my man. What's going on, family? How you doing? No doubt. And uh, man, I did that specifically for you so you would leave. No, that was great. Bro. Okay, okay. This is the first time in how many damn shows this ever. <laughs> always got something to say. This nigga finally shut up. <laughs> Hell, man, tell these folks how they can join the family, man. Hey, man, please. We need y'all to support the family. We are trying to build a strong platform. But honestly, with anything, it takes money to do that. So head on over to our website, man, intheblackpodcast.com. In the right-hand corner, you can click become a family member. Hit that and just send us some coin, man. We are seriously trying to build a better platform if you love what we do and you want to see other people enjoy what the fuck we do send some change <laughs> no bullshit i appreciate that and a quick shout out to our partners over at podfaves.com do you love podcasts but find it yep. hard to find your next bingeable show podfaves takes out the guesswork by easily identifying the best podcasts out there so you can spend less time searching and more time listening that's podfaves.com p-o-d-f-a-v-s um, we're going to jump into our black box letter for tonight. This week's black box letter comes from Janelle. Janelle says, hey, guys, I wanted to know if you were going to talk about the rash of churches that refuse to close their doors and tell their congregation to stay home during this coronavirus and COVID-19 epidemic pandemic. Excuse me. There are many churches on a state level that were being exempted from closing their doors, weren't practicing social distancing and weren't even encouraging their followers to get tested for the virus. This virus is leaving no stone unturned when it comes to our way of life, and I guess that our faith is just one of them. Is there such thing as too much faith, or is this just a little bit of crazy sitting in those pews? Go ahead, Al, because I know you bubbling over there. Damn it, I, man, I, I, was I, can't, I heard you breathing extra hard. I, was to hold yeah, I, I know you were. I know you were. What's your name again? Janelle. Janelle. JJ. Uh, see, I thought we escaped it, my dude. <laughs> Nelly. Nelly. <laughs> Nelly. If you if you black, you probably got Nelly Nell or some shit like that. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's incredibly. Uh, disheartening. I think this particular pandemic, as with most pandemics, people are examining their lives and their faith and their belief system, man. And it makes sense that people are gravitating towards faith and running to a safe place. Uh, and in many people's minds, religion and church is that particular place. But I am mostly disheartened and frustrated with the leaders of these churches that are not uh, using their platform to teach people what the hell actually is taking place. Uh, meaning practicing social distancing, washing your hands, and using this as an opportunity to walk people through the nuances of their faith in this particular season. People are rushing to church, man, in faith because there's a level of insecurity there. Like, damn, I may die from this shit. So I need to try to get myself together and figure out what the hell is going on. But if you've noticed, these pastors 
are getting this shit, man. And some of them are dying from this. Yeah. Uh, and it's a tragedy upon tragedy with layers upon layers. I don't think it's a level of crazy, to be honest with you. Uh, I just think that people are really looking for hope. And when people are looking for hope, people will do some of the most, what we deem crazy shit possible would, to would find. You, would you go as far as to call it fanatism? I wouldn't go, I wouldn't necessarily go that far. Uh, I would go that far if these pastors are saying, come here and you will be protected from this and you won't catch this. Uh, then I'll go to that part. But if they're trying to just get people to come in and do faith as usual, I don't want to go as far as saying fanaticism or crazy. Uh, fucked up? Absolutely. Rush, go ahead, man. Well, you know, it's ironic because um, my wife comes from a family of Jehovah's Witnesses. Ooh. And wow. and, um, and uh, she told me uh, maybe not two weeks after this really started to get bad break out in New York that um oh she was like the Kingdom Hall and all all shut down all that door to door stuff the witnesses shut all that down wow they're not playing that's bananas they shut all that stuff down wow wow so my wow. so my so my my in laws were are feeling a little bit cooped up right now <laughs> but um they're safe so to see you know that action taken versus you know some of the almost nonsensical video yeah, footage man. I've seen of these women, men and grown men and women talking about the blood of Christ protecting you from this virus, killing over 10,000 people. Um, like, oh, like Elle said, it's very disheartening that these patches would not, you know, use their platform to, uh, to spread some common sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that's all. That, that's instead you take advantage, Absolutely. you know, take full advantage because you bet they were still tithing. I'm I'm really uh, it hits me in my it hits me in my stomach to be very honest with you because I'm I come from a I guess for lack of a better description I come from a sect of church in Nigeria that um, I'll put it this way it my church going experience here in the United States is somewhat contrary to that of other churches that I'm familiar with for example the pastor that I've had or had for years since I was a kid, had a job, a nine to five. Yeah. He did not get a check from the church. Yeah. His second job was pastoring. So that means he would work his 12 hour shift, yes. whatever that was, mm -hmm. and he would still go to house to house and- Put in work. And, yeah, and, minister. Yeah, and, and minister, yeah, mm -hmm. he would. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we come from a sect of Christianity where this is not uncommon where people are convinced that and i want to be careful how i say this people are convinced that god is a magician in some sort of aspect that in regardless of let's say common sense regardless of the information that's on hand yeah. that they would still jeopardize themselves and their lives in many aspects in their belief system and I know it sounds crazy because we're talking about faith, we're talking about religion, and many people would say that that in itself is nutty, right? Sure. sure. But in the same token, I think that there is some common sense or some semblance of common sense that sure. we can draw from a religious life, a religious lifestyle. The Bible's already told you that you need to use your common sense. The Bible says to be to watch and be prayerful meaning you're not going to get in your car and drive everywhere and go driving in your car and take your hands off the wheel because you said Jesus got you. It doesn't make it. There are certain things that are common sense, right? Watching this happen, folks hugging and kissing and doing all this. Let's okay. Let's even back up just a little bit. The whole premise behind this social distancing and quarantining is essentially to say, Everybody got this shit. Everybody got the Rona. Yes, End of story, period. Yes. Everybody got the Rona. The it's just that possibility of passing it on to someone who may not have it. But the assumption is everyone has everyone. it, which is why you're yes. being made to stay home. <clears throat> now, when you fight for exemption to come to church, and let's be very honest, it 
for me and maybe because I'm I've haven't I don't have a spiritual home any longer and my perspectives of religion and Christianity specifically have changed a bit it doesn't seem genuine like you said I know these people are still paying offerings still tithing every service if you really want to be good about it then why not cancel that for the time being because I know that you've got a congregation of folks that have been furloughed or not working but you're not hearing that let me give the other side to it though by not going to church and doing these things is a demonstration of not having faith so that that, that's listen I, i am someone who uh yeah and anyway it's it's for them it's a demonstration of not believing are you it's, saying when you I wa- think so are you saying when you wash your hands when you wash your hands is that your lack of faith too because god's got you you don't have to wash your hands and take you know what I'm, you know what i'm saying taking the proper Listen, bro, precautions I, I, I'm, I'm with you I, I'm, I am absolutely 110 percent with you i'm just speaking from the perspective of these people who go and do this it's a way of trying to affirm and prove their faith who are they proving it to though to themselves to themselves listen man i i understand how crazy this seems how dangerous it is we see how dangerous it is people are dying but also we have to be able to and i think we're doing a great job of not just saying they're crazy they're insane it's all those different things but the other perspective is these are people who are actually trying to subconsciously prove their faith by doing these things and definitely they do it all different types of ways all different variety of ways every sunday when there's not a pandemic people are doing these type of things but that's when leadership comes in and leadership should be able to the same way they're able to persuade quote unquote people to do certain things every sunday they should be using and many pastors and churches are doing that by saying no y'all negroes is not coming up in here we're going to sit on the Zoom and we're going to have this church. Yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah. a number of people who are doing that. But man, this is a season where people are really going to be forced to evaluate where they stand with any faith system. You have to, because death is, like you said, we are operating from a place of assuming everybody has this virus. But when them symptoms come, and that fluid hits some lungs. Yeah. And you start crying out for some belief system. Yeah. Bro, listen, man. Yeah. I well, think we had we scary. had this we had this small conversation. We had this conversation very briefly and very uh, I guess very short in our Facebook group. And one of the one of our listeners was telling us uh that her family's church, they were still making them come out to come tithe. Yeah. So well, you said, hey, and these are older people that are more susceptible to this virus were on Sunday getting up, getting in their car to go write a check to deposit it for their church because if they don't do it, the pastor don't get paid. Well, and and, and again, just be careful because we don't want to simplify it quite to the point that these older, mature people are simply going to church just to make sure the pastor's getting paid. In their thought process, they're getting up and they're practicing and demonstrating their faith by supporting what they believe is God's chosen institution. I, I, I apologize. That's what you, I get you. I get yeah, you. Yeah. I just want to make clear because it's really easy for us to take that stance in our frustration, in our concern for people in this instance. Like, yo, we don't want people doing this. Yeah. But these yeah. folks are doing it, man, because this is, this is what they feel like they, they but this, and, but this, and you know, I think, I think this ultimately is a larger part of my frustration because it gives that crack, that door, and maybe they have various reasons to already do it, but it gives that crack in that door for people that don't believe to be like, hey, you see, you see those people over there? That's, we've been telling y'all about that. They acting crazy, they acting stupid, they doing all these weird things. They're not listening, all of these things. It gives them that opportunity. So you have the peanut gallery in the background. And then on top of that, you have people like Kenneth Copeland 
talking about he's cured his congregation of the coronavirus because he blew the breath of God into his church and removed the coronavirus from the church. The breath of God? This yeah. is, he 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 mind you this is the same kenneth copeland that was, was say, that was selling this. that was selling a quote unquote cure for the coronavirus until he was sued and told to stop selling this 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 snake oil to people but Juanita bynum came out and she had a prayer kit when she was selling she was trying to sell a prayer kit. excuse me she has a prayer, prayer kit kits that she was selling for 147 dollars to make sure that people were covered during the coronavirus so that, that's again rare kit i can dig where this would be rare one kit. of those things where people will look back and say yo christianity ain't shit because folks is doing this but i think that's where we got to be careful where we end up blaming the faith for the actions of the people who follow and followers it. yeah i see you yeah that's I, that I, dangerous I, shit and listen it's irritating it's frustrating because i have family members who are still partaking. And they're still leave, leaving their homes now, even though- They're still partaking, man. Places. Listen, man, I, I'm just, bro, listen. Uh, but it's, it's, it's okay, okay, okay. In some aspects, I guess we gotta, if, if this is your routine, if this is what you know, if this is all this you've known. Life, bro, this is yeah, yeah, I mean, I can and see- And older be, and death is closer? I don't, I mean, I don't want to be, you know what I'm saying? I, I get it, yeah. but it pains me because I've got, I've got family members now that they, every Saturday and Sunday are going to church yeah. and they're in New York yeah. and I'm not understanding like why, if your church can't survive finding a different way of ministering, like, cause I mean, maybe I'm simplifying it, but I thought the Just premise I, I could be maybe the, I thought that the premise of this faith thing, this Christian thing was to be fishers of men was to be able to bring more people to Christ. If you can't find another way to be a fisher of men, I don't know what to tell you. They have to show up in the church. You gotta, you, you, you gotta have them inside. The, I mean, you gotta be face to face. Yeah. Every, but you, I mean, we watching Creflo Dollar, we watching Joe Austin every morning. Like, like you get your, you, there's ways that you can find another, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, we I'm don't trying get. not to get frustrated, but I got, like I said, I got people <laughs> the, in my family that I'm seeing and it's burning. Yeah, the, 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 the witnesses are all virtual. Oh my God. For, and they've been, and they've been doing it for, for, for two months. <sighs> yeah. Boy, okay. Let's do it, bro. <laughs> I, I know my guy. I know. And my, my in-laws get and my in-laws get dressed up for it too. Blairs, <laughs> bro. So now, thank you for your letter. Thank you for taking the time out to write. We really appreciate. And Nelly, Nelly, you better be being safe out there, girl. I know it'll be real messed up. She talking because all your ass better not be going to damn church. See her ass out in the now, street. I didn't gave this damn sermon. I ain't get no ties, no nothing. Your ass better be staying home. Let's I make know, sure no bull. If you want to get your emails and comments shared on the show, you can message us on our Facebook page, or you can send us an email to intheblackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, let's get a little bit lighter, I guess. Phil, why don't you take it over from here, man? Okay, okay. Well... Um, a, a certain trending topic on Twitter came to light this past Sunday due to a rather unusual query. <laughs> the question was, is it a slur to call white women Karen? Um, if you ask some white women on Twitter, apparently the answer is yes. Um, apparently a journalist named Julie Bendell wrote the question, tweeted out the question, does anyone else think the Karen slur is woman hating and based on class prejudice? She's already she already loaded the question. She already loaded. She, <laughs> she answered loaded, the question. She answered you. the question. <laughs> yeah, she set y'all ass up and y'all fell right in the damn trap. Gotcha, yeah, bitch. Uh, and her tweet, ass ain't even named Karen. Her this name is tweet, fucking Julie. <laughs> fucking Julie. Um, she probably don't even know a Karen. Yeah. Um, it's tweeted over to one hundred thousand Karen tweet responses. With Twitter's usually hold up, hold up. how many responses? Over one hundred thousand responses. One hundred thousand, man. It's almost and uh, and the mo and the topic and, and the, the responses were mostly falling along racial lines. Mm -hmm. To be honest, so before I go any further, gentlemen, um, would you care to answer this question? Uh, Karen is not a slur. 
Karen is a title. And some people need to, <laughs> some people need to wear that title. Wear that title with pride. If you always asking for the goddamn manager and causing a problem, then you're a damn Karen. It just okay. It, it just so happens that most Karens they, they white though. But I mean, I mean that's that's I mean that's just the way we look. I mean that's reality right there. That, that's that's what it is. I mean. Karen's uh, only a hop, skip, and jump away from Becky. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. What is what is a what is I a heard strong... Becky before. Okay, Karen, hold on. Let me so. tell you. What's the I stronger? think Becky Becky is. I knew about Becky age, before Karen. Becky is probably fifteen to twenty five, fifteen to thirty. Oh, so their age then they change from Becky to Karen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Karen is usually okay. the the okay. older white woman who's the probably of Becky? you know okay <laughs> okay okay you know a high okay. Affection, okay. Like okay. okay okay yeah. okay okay you know, they have that their haircut okay. you know the haircut everybody knows it <laughs> everybody knows the cut everybody knows a white woman with that particular haircut the bang on the side the frothy stuff up in the back we all know them but apparently, so this is sexist, classist, yeah. and ageist. No, okay, okay so let's, let's 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 back up just a little bit. Do we honestly? I mean, all jokes aside, do you honestly, either one of you, honestly think that it is an offensive statement? No, I think white tears make the best Kool Aid. <laughs> You are, you just, you cannot help. You can't help I guess, it. You can't help it. That's the worst part. You can't, I can't. you can't help no. it. Jesus Christ. Okay, because I have a homie that's pretty much in the same realm, right? He, you have a Karen. Well, uh, or you have a black dude who's dating. He's a, he's, he's, I, don't, I don't know what his. He's attracted to I don't Karen's. know. I, Come on. <laughs> When you see on the fence, like <laughs> he, he, is, got, he, you got, he you is, got a homie. You got I don't know. Him. I don't know he if he's dating. Yeah, he he does date Karens. He does date okay. Karens. Cool. He, but he would say that this is offensive. He's also he's one of these people that also defends the misuse of whiteface to say that that's also quote unquote. Offensive. He if, really likes Karens. I'm just listen. I'm he just loves and, and I'm and I'm what I'm trying to do to be very He's honest. Be nice. I'm, I'm always I'm always in the, in the mm. mode of learning. I'm always in the mode of learning. learning. I'm trying to learning. see. I'm trying Everybody to try see. His, I'm, trying to see shit, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see where he's coming from, my guy. So where is he coming from? Coming from? Yeah, so yeah, where is he coming from? That's my go. point. I don't know. I tell, you, <laughs> I tell you exactly where he's coming from. He's coming from the same place that black men come from when we're defending black women that we're involved with. He's coming from the same place. He's trying to protect his self-interest, and his self-interest happens to be he's attracted to Karens. So he's going to say and do those things to do whatever he can to maintain those type of relationships and not do anything that possibly closes some Karens legs. Let's keep it a buck. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, you, oh, I'll listen, be the guy. You, no, you, you usually your mail you, you usually the you usually the bad guy. So I mean, yeah, this okay. is not out of this not out of place for you. I'm it's just not, I'm just saying. I'm the villain. The hoodie up. Let's do it. Y'all know Karens, man. No, Listen, no Karens I, is the, the the white chick in school who hung around the black folks who had, you know, probably lived in the black neighborhood, maybe had a couple of, you know, black boyfriends, grew up, understood the struggle, maybe worked in the school as social worker. You know who Karens are, man. Come on now. I don't even think it's that deep. I think sometimes a Karen is a woman that you know, puts herself out there and sometimes doesn't realize the irony behind her, either yeah, her own racism or her anger or, I mean. Uh, Karen's are very aware. Stop giving them bill money, bro. <laughs> okay, my, this nigga right here, <laughs> god damn. I mean, if we're trying to take a step back and look at it, I guess would. And it's not necessarily the, a bad thing though. I, I mean, it is what it is at this point. It's not a slur. I don't no. think it's a slur to be clear. I mean. I think it's an accurate, fair title. I, I, to be honest with you, I know it sounds strange, but I, I just think that it's funny because calling, it's hilarious. Some, calling someone a Karen and calling, oh, excuse me, calling a woman a Karen oh, and ca calling a woman a bitch are not equal in my eyes. Oh, I'm sorry. No. But I, but based on this woman's tweet, I'm assuming that she really thinks that they're on equal par. No way. Or am I am I wrong? And her name's not even Karen though. It's Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's really pissing you off? <laughs> yes. 
Kendall Julie's a slur. Like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe her mother's name is Karen. Yeah, or her lover's Karen. I don't know. Okay. Somebody oh, okay. okay. All right, let me let me ask you this question for real. Uh, for real. Okay, uh, for real. If we take a step back, is there? Bro, I done took some of these steps back what? on the show. I know, right? The All the time. We think, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, we we try to look at the we trying to look at the forest for the trees, my guy. I'm just saying. I'm still Cut in the forest. The <laughs> <down>. <laughs> Cut the trees all the way down. Cut them all down. Cut them all down. Now I'm so I'm I'm thinking to myself, are there any terms that you can call white people at this point that actually is offensive? That you as a black person would hear that and be like, yeah, uh that that was no. Why? Explain why. Because I'm, I'm, I, I know, I know your train. I know your train of thought. I'm just, saying, I'm asking. Absolutely, I don't think there is a word in my vocabulary, which is extensive, by the way, that I can call a white person that would offend them. Culturally, let me say this: that would legitimately offend them. Now, I can say something that may hurt their feelings or may hurt right. some type of way, yeah. but offend them? I don't even think words such as cracker uh we can go down a list of old honky, yeah, honky. Right, right. Man, listen white folks don't get mad at that shit uh peckerwood that's what we're doing that's some old school shit that's what we're doing phil that's I think peckerwood is hilarious <laughs> we're just going down that's some old we just going down the list of words and where the hell oh, is yeah. our white audience at? we, we, we need to say boy lord have mercy Damn, we should have had Miss Connolly on the night. I know. This, I this, know. This would have been this would have been she, very hard. Well, for she her doesn't to... have she doesn't have the Karen haircut. No, she doesn't. Mm. And she and she has black friends. Oh man, come on! You're at least an associate. <laughs> you're cold, man. Cold as shit. You're at least an associate. Older than mother, boy. I tell you, should have never gave you niggas money. I swear to God. That's what they're saying. See, I know they've been saying, they've been saying it for a minute. No, nah, but I mean, I just find the whole argument very interesting, man. Because, like you said, there are so many self-inflicted words that we've created for white people over the course of our millennia of being with each other, right? That should, by all intents, does not hold any, doesn't hold any weight. Anyway, no, like there's, no. there's none there's of no them. Power, have, there's no power, there's power behind, behind it. There's no power, there's no power behind, behind those words. Yeah. There's not no even a little bit. Words. Not even a little bit. Because even when they call us something, they have the ability and the power to, to enforce, enforce that shit to affect yeah, our they lives. Call me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. calling you Karen. I can't. What the hell can that, that, what does do? that do? I, I mean, stop you. I mean, no I, damn job. That exactly. that that name can literally alter my reality. Yes. Alter my other human. Alter, alter alter the perception of other humans of me. Yes. Generation. That, that is one word. powerful. Yeah, that yeah. is powerful. Me calling Karen you honky. That. that doesn't don't mean shit. Then again, we're not advocating for people to be going around calling no, like no, them or Packerwood. But nice. if you want to call them Karen, go ahead and just record it because I think that shit is funny. <laughs> uh. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about why it seems like the coronavirus is affecting the African-American community the hardest. Karen did it. I think it was because she drank some of that Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's another. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stick around. Hey, and this is Mike um, from the Genuine Chit Chat podcast, and you are checking out the In The Black podcast with Big O, Crush, and L. And take it from me as their exonerated best white friend, it's, I've got to say, you've got to check out this podcast. It is the best, especially if you're just sick of white people shit. So check it out. Yes, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. In the previous segment, we talked about is Karen, <laughs> is Karen actually a slur? <laughs> and we asked why all these people going to church when they should be staying in the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right now, we're going to get into some real stuff. Uh, recently, statistics have come Ooh. out from a lot of major cities across the country that have shown that African Americans, Black people in the United States, are being hit the worst. <laughs> by the coronavirus. Um, cities like Chicago, New York, Washington, the list goes on. The numbers of those that have not only contracted the disease, excuse, but are dying, yeah. Not only contracted it, are also dying the most as well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man, this has been uh, it's been interesting to try and digest this news, but I'm gonna let L go ahead and take it over, man. This is a hard topic, man. Uh, not just simply because of COVID-19 and the deaths that are surrounding it, but because there's so many layers and nuances to this. Uh, and when I say that is, when you look at some of the statistics, man, 72% of the cases in Chicago, 72% in the city of Chicago are, well, let me be clear, 72% of the recorded virus-related deaths, deaths, keyword, in Chicago are Black folks, in a city where Black folks only make up 32%, in a state where we only make up 15%. So overwhelmingly, man, we are dying at rates faster and higher than anybody else. And initially, you know, black folks, we love to make light and jokes of everything. We was immune to this shit in the beginning. You know, yeah. that, was the, that was the thing. That was the big thing, yeah. There was no racial data out there. We, we was, you know, all we saw was white folks dying from it. So we were underneath the, the, the thought process and joked that this is something that black folks are immune to. Then we started seeing black folks die. And it wasn't a, you know, a steady incline. That shit was rapid. It just jumped from none of us dying from it to anybody who is in our racial group who gets this are dying from it, but there's a number of factors. And I think this is the conversation that is incredibly difficult to have. Anytime we know anything about COVID-19, one of the reasons why people are dying from them because they have some other underlying health, issues. Underlying health issue. So what is that saying to us? What, what is this data saying? The data, structural racism, and the underlying stressors and health issues that we're facing, what is all those things saying about black folks dying? And it's a really difficult conversation because the last thing you want to do in the midst of people dying is to be accused of victim blaming. You don't wanna be pointing a finger and said, well, if black folks did this, they would not be dying from this. And it's a really, difficult conversation but i think there's a way of having it and i'm not the expert at having this type of conversation because i'm automatically going to go to a place of wanting to protect black folks yeah and it's difficult to have this conversation and protect us at the same time but i'm frustrated i'm scared to death because in most of these cases these are poverty stricken people who are dying from these horrible disease man and uh fellas i don't know man i don't know i don't know and i i fucking don't know yeah and you know, i i get you man and it's been very interesting to look at these numbers and also also actually to see uh fauci that was on tv the other day talking about this saying how that he believes that the pandemic is has shined a light <clears throat> that's what he said shined a light on the issue of the racial disparities when it comes to healthcare in this country for African American people. And he's, this is a man that spent his almost his entire career fighting against AIDS and HIV. And he likened it to how initially the, the, the thought process was that AIDS and HIV was just a gay disease. Now here's and what how, he said that the actual quote, not to cut yeah. you off, but no, no, I go ahead. have the quote here. Uh, he says, and the reason I want to bring up, he's talking about the disparities, and the reason I want to bring it up because I couldn't help sed sitting there reflecting on how sometimes when you're in the middle of a crisis like we are now with coronavirus, it really does have ultimately shine a very bright light on some of the real weaknesses and feebleness of our society. And he goes on to say, death rates and intensive care intubations were higher among African-Americans because of a greater prevalence of underlying medical conditions, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, and asthma. I think the question that we need to ask ourselves just based on the statement that you've made or reading that quote is why these problems are more prevalent in the black community. I think we cannot avoid the fact that we as black people are often put in situations in this country where we don't have 
full access to healthcare, where we're in food deserts. So the only thing that you can eat are things that are going to be more detrimental to you, cause you hypertension, cause you diabetes, these sorts of things. So it's because it's not like African American people in like in the larger scale of things just eat that much differently from everybody else in the country. No, we but don't. in terms of the access to what we have to eat, access of what we have in terms of the areas where we live in, and I the know money that, to buy those things. and the money to buy those things. Not even just that. You're looking at places in Detroit where they're near, where most of the larger black communities are built near electric power plants. Yes. People have higher cases of cancer and all sorts of other, all sorts of other ailments based on that. And these are the yes. things. These these are not. These are not. Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, these are not rarities. No, this is common throughout urban yes, black America data out there. Exactly. Not even just urban black America through, uh, I guess, through um, what's what's the, the opposite of urban? Rural, rural, rural yeah. black America, rural Mississippi, same, same, same way, same, same, same things happen. So then I guess the larger question we need to ask is how do we how do we turn that around? Because it's easy just to say, okay, well, black people got asthma, black people got high blood pressure and uh, hypertension, black people got diabetes. That's why you guys are fucked. But we know that there's a lot, like you said, there's data behind why these situations are. So how do we now find ways to get ourselves better access to healthcare, get ourselves and our communities out of these food deserts, all of these things? And that question right there is a question that I don't think is something that can be simply answered. And I don't think that's what your intention was, No, no by no, the way. Uh, but the number one reason I believe that black folks find themselves, well, two reasons. Uh, white supremacy, structural racism is number one, uh, is the number one reason why black folks are in this particular situation. Uh, number two, is because of the economic disadvantages that black folks have that put them in this particular situation. Now, that doesn't alleviate- I want, I want you to expound on the first part <clears throat> and then we'll let Phil jump in so he can- Okay, good. Well, let me, I'll, I'll do the white supremacy, structural <clears throat> racism part. Uh, it was always intentional for factories to put their businesses in low, rent low poverty environments because they can get the land for cheap. Uh, they can get the labor for cheap. They didn't have to pay black and brown folks the same money that they would have to pay the unions. Uh, so they intentionally put these things in black areas uh, as a way of capitalizing. Capitalism is hand in hand a tool of white supremacy. So it's a key fact that to look at it and see why these businesses are in these environments and how do you hold them accountable for the bullshit that they've done over the years? Crush. Yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci's statements were very, uh, very sobering and um, uh, very, uh, very honest. Um, I definitely appreciated them, but definitely uh, scared me a bit because I think about the communities not far from where I live and communities I've, I've uh, grown up around um, that I definitely believe uh, will be devastated by this virus because of their economic disadvantages, because the majority of them are essential workers that still have to take public transportation. Say that, and mm. and and they're also essential workers <laughs> with children they have to take care of. Um, you know, it's um, you know, what Fauci said was something was something we're going to have to build on for the future, but it's kind of predicting it's it's kind of predicting our present right now. It's going to get pretty scary, um, in some of our uh, you know lower income neighborhoods, like around like because uh, my 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 county. Are some of the highest numbers in the state, you know, and their neighborhood, there are five or six neighborhoods I can know off the top of my head that I'm like, hit, off the top of my head that I'm like, oh my God, these guys, like, there's, there, there's some communities whose hospitals have recently moved yes. to other reads, other yes. parts yep. of the state. Yes. I'm like, yes. I'm like, babe, where are they going to go? Yeah. If they, when they start getting sick, yeah. where are they going to go? 
Yeah, they, they will now have to travel more than an hour to get some medical help. Yep. So, yep. you know, what, what Fauci said was, I think, you know, if anything, granted, it shines a light, but it also is a big, it's DEFCON 4 level for, for, for communities of, uh, of, 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 of black and brown people right now. You know, and uh, I know it's hard because we have to work. We have to support ourselves. We have to, because they're not being nice to us on the rent yep. there. They're not yep. being nice to us on the car payments there. Nope. So, you know, I just. I... And the number of us who are essential workers, man, in healthcare. It's staggering. It's pretty yeah, staggering. The number of us who are CNAs. Pack the trains in New York. They, they pack nurses, the trains in New York. Bus drivers. You know, train drivers, medical supply techs, bro. That's us. Yeah, a lot of us. Those are good jobs that we were able to get and keep for, these for years jobs and keep for years and make a decent living on. These are essential jobs that we have to go to. We have to fucking go to. The idea that we cannot go to work because of a fear of dying. You know, it's either I don't go to work to, and you know, what I mean, to keep me from dying. Or I can't fucking pay my bills. You know, like what, what, what I realized, what these, you know, what I realized how what they don't, I, would, I think what they don't want to say about these particular workers is that they're not only essential workers, and this is the scary part. They're the infrastructure of the city, yeah. of the hospitals, yeah, of the, the infrastructure. Yes, yeah, I give you that. I meaning, with, meaning with meaning without it, there's it no goes. function. There's no function. There is no function without them. Okay, let me ask you this question because we've already talked about how the economic impact of it for our communities and how that leads to the health impacts and things of that nature. Do you agree with Trump that we need to hurry up and get this country back up and running and get back to work? Yeah, I, I, I would say yes and no. Yes, that we do need to hurry up and get back to get things rolling. No that we shouldn't hurry up and get back if that's going to ignore every fucking thing that we have in order just to get back, just for the country to get back on its feet. I mean, uh, yeah. but I mean, that's a, sac that's a sacrifice and a question that every family probably asking themselves. I mean, every day, bro. Dude, we, every we, day we're, at 530. We were just, that conversation. We, we had that conversation the other day about you going, going on your trip, man. I mean, every day, oh, my guy, I mean, it's, it's, all right, I'm gonna ask you guys a genuine, a real genuine question, man. All like, right. if you know, given circumstances that things are the way they are now, the government right. says, you know, you should be at home for the next two or so, over, uh, two or however many weeks, but you, you know that these bills need to be paid. What's, what's, what's your decision? I'll make some phone calls. Make some phone calls, man. I'll make some uh, phone calls. I'm gonna have to, you know, put on my best, my executive neck. Yeah, and, um, yeah. you know, and talk to these people. And, you know? and one of the things that we did early on, my family, was when Trump came in office, it was just like, you know, <laughs> cold red, red alert. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> start, start stacking change, man. Start <laughs> because literally not knowing what he was going to do. What kind of damage he was going to do. It was going to affect my life. Yeah. So I'm in a position, luckily, that if, if it came down to it, I could say, nah, play, I ain't going. But I know countless people who look like me. Not even that aren't in that position in that position. At all. That position. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't have, we as a people don't have the infrastructure to be able to help our people when I they're think, in those situations. I think that, that's that, the most difficult. That's funny. We, we provide the infrastructure, yet don't possess it ourselves. Yeah, don't possess it ourselves. Like, I can't we provide all of it. People who are losing their jobs, bro. Yeah. What did they say? 6.3 million more people or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And for this week, again? You're getting $1,200. I don't even know Not how the unemployment even. system, I don't even know how the unemployment system is even dealing with this. I mean, I know we know that the money's is there, but at the same time, man, it's like it's going to be very, very. I mean, regardless of what people think, because like L said, capitalism doesn't sleep. It's gonna it's gonna rear its ugly head a lot more viciously, I believe, once this whole thing starts to try and calm down. I there agree. are how many people that are filing for unemployment now? Of those people, how long is it gonna take all of these millions of people? 
to find get, that to check. get get a not just to get the check, but also to find work when everything is said and done. Everything said and done. Yeah, because they, they, they want to start they, screening. People going to go through the yeah. hiring process. Well, and you know how thing. businesses there's, are these days. Well, that's the, it, little people doing more work, more and more these days, man. Well, that's why there was a lot of a lot of relief that the small business uh, loan thing uh, went Came through. Through, yeah. It, yeah, it that actually that, it, that actually saved two or three businesses I know personally. Yeah, I'm still um, struggling to get my shit together, man. No bullshit. Man. I, I, just I feel you, man. I feel you. But um, but there's been but there was there's some question amongst them small business owners and other entrepreneurs about, you know, what kind of, you know, what, and I guess general people, like what, you know, what is big business going to do when this is quote unquote over? Are you going to tell these people to come back? Are you going to really go through the rehiring yeah, process? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, or do you adapt, you know, to this unusual situation and you're looking at, you're literally looking at your workforce in the face and saying, okay, come back and like everything's the same and no, things can't be exactly the same. No, what the hell do and, we and, do, especially you know especially I mean? for man, especially for manufacturing and distribution man yeah. bro okay uh, the final question i'm gonna ask you guys man how do you think this pandemic is going to change if at all the way we look at healthcare in this country do you think it's going to change things because let's let's be very let's keep it let's keep it all the way funky people hate socialism or hate bernie sanders and socialism but a lot of the answers to what we've been going through has been socialism correct me if i'm wrong we cutting checks all around the corner. No, I, I haven't heard people start talking about free healthcare and universal healthcare more than they've been talking about it in this in this instance. That's so that's where Bernie fucked up too. Go ahead. Though. I, well, Bernie's been a anyway. That's a totally different conversation. And, 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 what do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I think, do you think it, is going to be the case afterwards for healthcare? I think healthcare. I don't think it's going to improve. Hmm. I don't think it's going to get better again because this is a capitalistic society. And I don't see these companies all of a sudden getting some great shift in their heart. All of a sudden, they want to provide something better for the people. Mm. If anything, I think these greedy bastards are going to do whatever they can to get more money from motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Wait till it's vaccine day. What? Uh, Bruh. Wait. I'm like, you, you can almost have a betting pool around the logo. You're gonna see on that vaccine bottle. Don't do that. Because if it's, we get we get we can have a in the back podcast betting pool on Big Pharma for that damn vaccine. <laughs> and it's coming faster than we think, too. I mean, I'm I'm I I try to be as optimistic as possible, and I hope that these businesses will change their methods and their and their working model. Only because one of my favorite scenes in the um, Ten Commandments, it's not biblically accurate, but my favorite scenes in the Ten Commandments is when Moses is being confronted by the Pharaoh and he's telling the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh's telling him that he needs to keep working these slaves so they can hurry up and finish the pyramid. And Moses tells him, said, dead slaves can't build anything. So you got to find a way to provide, ultimately, even if it's for the sake of capitalism, you got to find a way to provide those essentials and like good essentials, not like that. Uh, anyway. Well, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one industry that's game that, uh, that is definitely adapting, and that's education. Um, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the uh, the uh, the new the new term that we're all going to, especially you parents, virtual going to get used to. Oh no! Oh no! no oh no! No, that, that's not even the term. Yeah. You're going to get to, the, to used to the term COVID season. Yeah. Get 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 used to it. Get yeah. used to it now. I had to go pick up a you're gonna, you're, you're gonna, day for you're gonna my see, five year old. Yeah, same, yeah, you're, same, you're, same. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna see updated literature. Very well, no, updated literature when this is all over from your schools. In fact, you may have meet, you may have meetings with your schools about about COVID season, what the school's gonna do, what you're supposed to do, records you're gonna have to have, blah blah blah, all this stuff. Watch, believe me, I, I've been hearing about it for the past week. Wow. <laughs> all right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, uh, Crush, what's up, man? Well, I just want to send a shout out and uh, definitely a rest in power to Earl Graves Sr., founder of Black Enterprise, who yes, sir. passed away at age 85. This was announced um, just uh, two days ago. Um, publisher, uh, Mr. Graves Sr., he was the entrepreneur who created this uh wonderful vehicle of information and advocacy. Uh, 
And he uh, he passed away uh, on April 6th after a long battle with Alzheimer's wow. when he was 85. Yeah. He was widely considered to be the ultimate champion of black business, business launching uh, Black Enterprise in 1970. Uh, to only chronicle the rise of our uh, of our entrepreneurs, but also provide tools to succeed in business and uh, in mainstream and, and even achieve even achieve mainstream success. Uh, he has a, a best-selling book called How to Succeed in Business Without Being White. Something I'm going to have to put right on my list. Okay. <laughs> um, he stated that his life-defining purpose for founding Black Enterprise in simple, direct terms. The time was ripe for a magazine devoted to economic development in the African-American community. The publication was committed to the task of educating, inspiring, and uplifting its readers. My goal was to show them how to thrive professionally, economically, and as proactive, empowered citizens. Oh, yeah, rest in power, man. Rest in power. L, what's up? Uh, I don't have nothing positive like that. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, uh, all you motherfucking celebrities, man, I hate y'all. Okay? <laughs> I hate every last one of y'all who get on damn, you know, some damn live and want to give people you talk about Ellen DeGeneres. You know, words of advice on how to navigate oh, this. Motherfucker, okay. well, you sitting in a, a 20 room mansion <laughs> with four chefs, somebody to wipe your ass when you need to. And you want to tell me who is struggling to make it how to hold on. Knowing if you don't get you, 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 you sound You sound salty, my friend. Bruh, salty. <laughs> Morton's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hate all y'all. <laughs> stupid, man. Uh, what's up for me? Um, I've come to the conclusion that uh, spades games are not supposed to be played when you're actually trying to bond with your family. Uh, at you any family function where you want to have... With your family listen, right now. Listen, at any family function where you want to actually have fun and be and unite... And still love and, each other, and still love each other afterwards. Spades should not be a part of that equation. I just want to agreed. Sure so, how many she... times did your wife stab you? <laughs> Listen, my wife does not know how to play spades. Thank you very much. Bless her I, heart. She's I know. I'm very woman. thankful. She's I'm made very several thankful. good decisions in her life. One of my homies asked me, said, "Once this whole Corona thing is over, do you want to, you know, come through play spades? No. His family's gonna get together." And I've played spades with them before, and. uh I've never seen so many fist fights in my life nope. off of a damn game. So I said, never, <laughs> no, never again, nope. never again. All right, L, where can people find you if they want to find you, my guy? At Elgin Bailey on every platform, man. Yes, Holla indeed. At me. No doubt. Crush, where can people find you if they want to find you? On Instagram at the Orange Crush with a K or at SP Methods. Yes, indeed. And I am Big O, Mr. In the Black. You can find me on Twitter and on IG at MR underscore in the black. And I want to thank you guys once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. Remember, we want to hear from you. Help us continue these conversations by reaching us at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, informed, intelligent, in the in black. The black. black. Peace. Peace. This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. what up? I read a black coffee, Bretchen. Listen, in the black podcast, like your lad, it's all facts. You don't like that, the fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, then you're whack. Intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Rest in them, my excrement. In the black podcast, the truth like the testament. Don't know, black up he bro, man a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast, y'all mess with this. Like said they my cheat, who no read so effortless. I listen them, I learn, man, them listen them, I benefit. Reporting, current event, everything that is prevalent. This is so exquisite, the scientific experiment. Giving you the news, not views without evidence. Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments. Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence. In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence. Body filled with Melody power that's so settling bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate. In the black podcast, that your lad is all facts. You don't like that before. In the black podcast, they're on top. Who looks at watch black up